You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Midstream. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another rousing edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast right here on the Odyssey Network. Howdy, y'all. Great to be with you for our Friday preview version of the pod as the Carolina Panthers get set to go to battle with the Ravens of Baltimore this Sunday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. That the time zone of Greenville, South Carolina. That the location of the origination of this here podcast. My name is Rob Brown, host of The Rob Brown Show on the Fan Upstate, based in Greenville, South Carolina, right in the heart of Panthers country. And, of course, joining me, as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, here as well. And uh, let's get into the ugly portion of this before we get to the X's and O's, Zoe. Uh, we are the biggest underdog in the National Football League this weekend, plus 13 on the straight-up spread, plus 475 on the money line in this one. Vegas gives us zero chance to win this football game. Uh, Got to be better than inside of 13 to win a little coin if you are on the gambling side of this at M&T Bank up there in Baltimore, Maryland, um, we are dogs. We are big dogs. And it's no shock, despite the fact that we have been playing better football, that we remain dogs in this one because this is a very good Baltimore team. As a matter of fact, uh, I put a little sprinkle on this team this past weekend as a potential Super Bowl winner because that defense with Roquan added to the middle is very, very good. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to be shocked, Lonzo, by the revelation that we are big-time betting underdogs in this one. Yeah, shocked would not... The biggest shock would be is if Carolina covers or Carolina wins, probably. But it is the National Football League and anything can happen. Um Deservedly so. This line needs to be where it is because, as they say, you are what your record says you are. And right now, the Panthers have only won three games. So, I mean, there's that. You know, it, we, we've talked about it. This team is a New York miracle field goal away from having won four. Uh, this team is a couple of dumb penalties and a field goal by the Cleveland Browns away from having won five. They are a DJ Moore chin strap away from having won six. Uh, this team is is honestly, Lonzo, I don't think we're being dramatic saying we are probably 
three to four plays away from leading this division clean, right? Outright, being pro uh, 500, being on the right side of that 500 mark. And, and and so I I get that a lot of Panthers fans have found a little confidence, have found a little comfort in the fact that, you know, you clean up the plays. You, 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 you don't blow it the way that good teams don't blow it. And this Panthers team is not contending for the division lead. They are sitting on it if those three or four plays go the opposite direction. That being said, the mark of a bad team is you stack up four, five, six, ten, twelve, two dozen bad plays that you don't have the discipline or you make the mistake or you get out of position or whatever the case might be. And they lose you four or five games and take you out of contention, which is exactly where we are. But as we talked about in the last pot, the the, uh, the attitude of the team is on an incline right now. And when a team feels good and they feel good about themselves, that's where discipline is generated. That's when those mistakes start going away. And this is a real opportunity to prove that that incline will translate to results on the field. That being said, and I want to hit on this before we dive any deeper into this pod about this game. I implore you, Carolina Panther fans, I beg of thee, do not allow this game to have, if it goes really wrong, a dramatic impact on the optimism of where this club is right now. Do not allow the result of this game, if it goes squirrely on us, to take your optimism on Sunday evening and throw it in the toilet because you are playing a very good Baltimore team. A Baltimore team that is, as of right now, uh, has the sixth longest odds in the entire National Football League to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo and Kansas City are plus 400 and plus 450. Philly, who has one loss, is plus 650. The 49ers, with the addition of McCaffrey, are plus 900. The Vikings are plus 1,000, but we all know what the Vikings do. They look really good until it's clutch time, and then they fall apart. And then you find the Baltimore Ravens at plus 1,200 as it stands right now. This is a team that Vegas considers uh, a pretty good squad, a pretty good bet to win the Super Bowl overall, if they beat us. And I don't say, I don't mean win the game. I mean, if they beat us, beat us, beat us down, embarrass us, please let the optimism stay in place because the true measuring stick of where we're going to end up at, Zoe, is Detroit, is Pittsburgh, is New Orleans, is the list of teams that we have coming up in the back half of the schedule, the teams that started the year in the same spot that we have. Have we gotten better than Denver? That's a winnable game. Are we in contention with Seattle, who just lost to Tampa? You go to Seattle and you go and compete in that game, you got a really good feel about this team. Pittsburgh, Detroit, uh, can we go compete with Tampa? In the penultimate week of the season, can we beat New Orleans in their house? We got a lot of games coming up that I genuinely think are much better measuring sticks to determine where this team is right now. If we get hammered by Baltimore, Lonzo, I'm feeling the exact same way about this team Sunday night as I will Sunday morning. I am too, but this team is definitely different now than what it was. And I think it was, it it showed something in the second half of the Cincinnati game 
when uh, when Baker Mayfield came in and you started scoring touchdowns, even though they were down by the amount they were, uh, they didn't quit. And I think that's the thing about these Panthers. The more and more they believe, the less quit is in them and uh, the better chance they got of competing against a team like Baltimore. And can they win this game? Yeah, they could win this game. Will they? It's unlikely. But still, as long as they go in there and they are competitive the way they were in the second half of the Cincinnati game, the way they were when they won. Uh, the, the main thing is they've got to win outside of the division, and they haven't done that yet. And why not this week? Yeah, I mean, listen, you beat Baltimore, you know, and I guess that's the the really the way I should have phrased this is that you beat Baltimore. We go into this game Sunday. If we lose to Baltimore in a blowout, nothing changes for me. It's a damn good Baltimore team, right? And a Baltimore team that I genuinely believe with the addition of Roquan Smith might have the best defense in football that nobody's talking about yet. You lose to Baltimore in a big way, it changes nothing for me. You lose a close one to Baltimore, I'm feeling pretty good, right? I'm feeling pretty good. We score points on Baltimore, I'm feeling pretty good that maybe Matt Rule was 100% the problem and we're pointed in the right direction. You beat the Baltimore Ravens in their house, I'm going to bed Sunday night thrilled about the direction of this team because it shows that there are marked improvements and again we've talked about the attitude of this team we have talked about the uh morality uh, not morality the morale very different the morale of this team we've talked about this uh the direction of this team if this team is truly pointed in a direction that allows them to go into baltimore and get a win I know that next year is not a rebuilding year. It is a year to go compete for the division. But if we lose this game in a big way, I'm still looking and going, we got a real chance because the South's going to be bad again next year. And we have now proven if we can get by Denver, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, New Orleans down the stretch and win more than we lose, that that corner has definitely been turned. The, 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 The whole point about this is, even if we get smoked, don't let this play. And, and Lonzo will tell you, I'm a realist in most situations, realist to the point of sounding like a pessimist. The fact that I am telling you that a blowout L means nothing to me this week and that anything better than that increases my optimism, it's got it, it's got weight to it. All right, So, and, and I'm more optimistic than you are because I don't believe they're going to get blown out. They probably will lose, but I don't think they're going to get blown out. And uh, if we get the Baker that we got in the second half of the Cincinnati game when he came, if we get that Baker along with the running game that the Panthers have established, and if they play defense like they played the majority of the games this year, they can be competitive. And it is the NFL. You talked about earlier about how many plays away uh, Carolina uh, between victories and losses. I think every year you can find a team or a couple of teams in the NFL that, that's been that way. Uh, if you believe in luck, it's a little bit of bad luck. If you believe it's just you know one play, and, and which mostly is what it is, there's always that one team. Look at what Cincinnati did a couple years ago, and then the next year, everything bounced their way and they got into the Super Bowl. So it can happen for any team in the NFL. And still, always in the back of your mind, you got to 
be thinking about how the NFC South is not out of reach, even with only three wins. It's sad but true. It's sad but true. Listen, the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have looked better each of the last two weeks. All right, and and I've been telling you for probably three or four weeks now that Tampa was not going to stay. Uh, in an underdog role for very long. That being said, they are plus 1,700 uh, to win the Super Bowl. So Vegas has got them a little bit better than halfway down the uh, down the line. They're, they're the last team within the plus 1,700 or lower group. The next fall off is a big one down to the Tennessee Titans at plus 2,500 after their win over Green Bay last night in the Thursday night football game. Uh, yes, the division is still very much in reach. And, and I'll tell you, I have adopted the mentality of I'm not worried about winning the division. Would I like to? Sure. Would I like to go to the playoffs? Yes. Would I feel like it would give a solid confidence boost to this team? Yes. Do I feel like like it would ingrain Steve Wilkes as the head coach of this team, who, by the way, right now is my is my pick? That might change by the end of the year, but right now is my pick to remain as the HC? Absolutely. And all those things would be great. What I am looking for right now I want to see this team make surprising steps forward. I want this team by the end of the year to have people looking and going, don't look now, but Carolina's on the rise, right? Like that's the goal. And this game against Baltimore on Sunday is a massive, massive opportunity for that to happen again. I'm not expecting much. I will go ahead and tell y'all that on the Rob Brown show this morning, which you can listen to live and free on the Odyssey app, nine and new Eastern or download the podcast version, all three hours of it free from the Odyssey app or on the website, the I did pick the Baltimore Ravens to cover the spread in this one. I don't like it. It stings, but that is saying more about how good Lamar has been, how good this Baltimore defense is, than it says about where the Carolina Panthers are right now. This is a testament to what Baltimore has done, not what Carolina has not. But go out there, compete, make it close, shock some people, Get to Lamar with that defensive line, which has been so good this year. Rattle him. Maybe he makes a mistake or two. Gives us a free extra possession we can convert. As we've talked about with Baker, who is getting the start instead of PJ with that high ankle sprain. Uh, Send these guys out there and run the football. Don't change anything up. Run the ball. Make them play run defense. Open it up for Baker to throw the ball 17, 20 times max and dictate the pace to the Ravens. That being said, as I've said, it's a metaphor I love. What's the easiest way to stop a train? Stand in front of it and push real hard. But the idea is not as difficult as the execution. It's a big ask in the front of this seven with Houston and Smith, etc. But just go play our game, compete, and make Panthers fans go to bed Sunday going, we're close. We're closer than we thought we would be. We're close. As the unrealistic fan that I am, here's the first play I want to see from the Carolina Panthers. Baker goes back to throw the ball, hits Terrace Marshall for a long bomb, and the Panthers start off first play with a touchdown. That's what I want to see. Of course, that's what everyone, every fan wants to see that sort of thing happen. But then right away, Baltimore's playing from behind, and that gives the advantage to Carolina. And it could very well happen. It probably won't, but it could. But I dare to dream. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the net, the Sanderson, oh! 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, the Views from Midstreet podcast rolls on. Rob Brown, Lonzo Reitzel. If it is your first time listening to the pod, do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button wherever you got your podcast from, whether it is on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or for free on the Odyssey app. Make sure that you have liked the pod. Make sure that you are following the pod. And make sure that you have turned on your notifications so you know every time one of our pod goes live, we drop three Every week we do a Monday recap pod, a Wednesday midweek pod where we take a look at transactions and injuries and pressers and decisions, etc. And then we do a Friday preview pod, which, of course, is what you are listening to right this very second. So we talked about this on the show this week, Lonzo. If I asked you to tell me what a successful Sunday looks like for Baker Mayfield. What's your answer? What's a successful weekend look like for Baker Mayfield? A weekend that we come in here on Monday and we go, damn, Baker looked good. Uh, I'm going to say like 18 out of 30 completions, no interceptions, and two touchdowns. 18 completions. Do you think we throw the ball that much? I do. And here's the reason why. Because I everyone knows now that Carolina is a running team. So they're going to stack that box. There's going to be some openings. There's going to be some openings that P.J. Walker could not hit that Baker can. Again, we saw that against Cincinnati, that those that those uh, passes were open and Baker was actually being consistent and hitting them. Whatever it was at the beginning of the season, probably, uh, let's say, uh, Matt Rule, he was struggling with some things. And we have yelled and screamed from the highest mountain, the highest peak that we would love to see Baker in Who? this situation. Who? Who? Baker! Thank you. I was trying to save my voice a little bit because I, I might I be doing that. that a few more long, times. Long, long weekend upcoming, I get yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we were pleading to see Baker under Steve Wilkes, unrestrained, not having to deal with the one-of-us mentality and see what he can do. And now we're going to see it. O-O-U. Yes. Now we're going to see it. So I, I have confidence in him that we're going to get that we're going to get the dog out there and not whatever that was the first couple games. <laughs> see, I, 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 I don't see. I don't see us. throw. Let me phrase that. I am hoping we're not going to throw the ball so many times that Baker. What, can if, it's o- what if it's open, though? I mean, if it's open. I will be. Uh, let's start with the first response to that is I will be stunned. I will be stunned. How will Baltimore play Carolina? They're Aggressive gonna, up front. Right. Trying to get back there. Now, again, strength of the Ravens matches up with the strength of the Panthers. The offensive line is being good, very good. Uh, Bradley Bozeman has been doing an excellent job at center. Icky continues to impress us at the left tackle. Those growing pains seem to be all but over at this point. The offensive line is the integral unit 
in this matchup, right? Like, they are so good across the front. This is easily going to be not the biggest challenge that the Panthers' offensive line has faced. It is going to be the biggest challenge the Panthers' offensive line will face all year. There is not another defensive line in football, another front seven in football, that is as good right now. Uh, as Baltimore, they run a base three, four with Matabuke on the left end, Calias Campbell, the former Jacksonville, all pro guy on the right, Travis Jones in the middle, who has been uh, very, very good. Then across the linebacker position, Jason Pierre Paul stands up, plays an outside backer that walks up to the line. You know who he is. Roquan Smith coming over from Chicago is is arguably the best uh, inside linebacker in the National Football League. Patrick Queen, the former LSU Tiger, playing the inside back, who is a fantastic pass coverage player. And then Justin Houston, who absolutely teed off on the New Orleans Saints in their last game uh, last Monday. This team has the best linebacker core in football. They have one of the best defensive lines, even in a three-man front in football. They are going to bring a lot from a lot of different positions. The, the, the big test here is not just the physical test of matching up with what they put uh, across a 3-4 defense with a walked-up linebacker that alternates from one side the, uh, or the other with Pierre Paul and with Houston alternating on both sides. The scary part about this defense is that they will show you pressure, disguise it, bring it from somewhere else, and go absolutely bananas on you, bringing different looks, different blitzes, different stunts, different twists. And it is a big ask, especially from young offensive linemen like Icky, who, again, has been doing a stellar job, but is not seeing the physicality that the Ravens will bring across the front and has not seen what I think will be the most creative looks out of a front seven that is very good that we have seen likely like we will out of the Baltimore Ravens. If the offensive line grades out exceptionally well, then I could see us maybe throwing it 23 times, 24 times. And if Baker has a great day, 18 completions is up there. But like I mentioned, I am looking for like 18 to 20 pass attempts in total. Run this ball. Run it around them. Uh, Send Deontay Foreman right up. Find which side of the offensive line. If they don't put Travis Jones heads up on the center, if they play him shaded at the eye position either direction, run to the other side. Make those linebackers move. Make them work. And then try to curl a couple of tight end passes or a couple of inside routes up behind him. But Baker's not going to have a ton of time to get rid of the football, which makes precise throws, quick throws, and accurate throws at an absolute premium. I think the other thing is is you've got to look at uh, screens. you got to look at slot uh, receivers coming across the middle. You got, there, there are a lot of things that they can do to negate the, or take advantage of that aggressive pass rush. I, it's one thing to say, here's how you do it, and it's another thing to do it. I get it. But I think the Panthers have an offensive line that could successfully take care of that. And I'm not saying not to run the ball. You need to, you are a running team. You've got to try to run the ball, but it's not going to be as effective probably as it has been. But I'm not saying abandon it. You got you got to come out and you got to be trying to run. But if it's not successful, there should be some things open up for you. And he's not going to be afraid to throw the ball. 
No, Baker ain't afraid to do a damn thing. Let's call a spade a spade on that one. Baker's not afraid of anything in this one. And I suspect that, especially knowing with Sam Darnold now as the number two and with PG out for a couple of weeks and with the fact, and I wanted to bring this up as well, and this seems like as appropriate a place for it as anywhere else, uh, Steve Wilkes in his press conference earlier this week said that one of his goals this week is to, quote, get Sam Darnold some opportunities, right? PJ's unavailable. Sam gets the number two. Baker's going to be QB1. Darnold said, quote, I feel really good right now. Obviously still have to do the right things to make sure it stays healthy, but I feel really good right now. I ran around a little bit on Thursday night before the game. It felt really good then. I think that was when I was like, okay, I should be good by this next week. Sure enough, today it felt really good. When told about those comments, Steve Wilkes said, well, quote, well, I think it's just trying to pick and choose the flow of the game. Something that I mentioned to those guys the other day with Baker, if it happens, just giving him warning that I'm not pulling you. I just want to be able to get Sam some opportunities because the first time that he goes in there, I don't want it to be the first time he's played this season. I want to be able to get him acclimated a little bit to the speed of the game. And when he said by the time he goes in there, he means if he ends up having to to get some starting reps down the line, he doesn't want a starting role to be his first action of the year. But Wilk said, I'm interested in winning the game. Whatever it takes to win the game, it's not pay $250 and you get to play. We'll see exactly how it goes this week. End quote. So Steve is going to be looking for the opportunity to get Sam Darnold in not as a as a replacement for Baker, but just to get him some reps in case he does get called or pressed into starting duty later on in the season. But you got to wonder what, if any, impact that does have on Baker Mayfield. Is he looking over his shoulder and going, okay, if I blow it, he wants to give Sam some opportunities? Or is this the type of mentality where Baker looks and goes, you know what? I'm going to go prove this is my damn job and I'm going to go to prove ain't nobody taking it from me. And you see Baker get a little more aggressive, get a little more over the top, push a little bit harder to make things happen. I honestly don't know which response we get out of Baker because I don't think Baker has faced this scenario before. You know, far be it from me to be that uh, conspiracy guy. Cause you know, I'm not, I'm not that conspiracy guy, but uh if you if you listen closely and you look a little deeper, you could almost believe that Wilkes is looking for a reason to pull Baker to get. I mean, I mean, that's just weird. Him saying well, we're looking for a way to get to to get Sam Darnold in there. Why? Why are you looking for a reason? So so what you're saying is you don't have confidence in the guy who's going in there, and that you want to make sure that you get the other guy ready for when that guy doesn't do what you believe he's not going to do. I, it just it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't. I mean, not for an NFL team. For a college team, I get it. But for an NFL team, that's you don't think that's kind of unusual. This is probably the first time, sincerely, that I feel like you have a more negative outlook on it than I do. Uh, I, I don't. I, I truly do believe. I mean, you got to think about it. Baker has been back for two games. He, for whatever reason, and again, maybe initially it was for the tankathon. Uh, maybe it was because he was slow getting back into 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 form. Whatever, for whatever reason, the last few weeks, including what we expected to be this week until the injury to PJ happened, 
Baker had not done enough to win over the starting job to get that starting job back from Steve Wilkes. Now he has it. Uh, the realization that Baker coming off of an injury, I mean, a player coming back from an injury, increased likelihood they get injured again, right? And and I think he absolutely has a very valid strategy here in let's not create a situation where if Baker does go down and we got to give Sam some time as a starter, it's his first game back. Like, let's work him into games here and there. And again, I, I know that you don't want to hear it when we're still mathematically involved in, in divisional contention here. But at the end of the day, though, we're playing with house money right now, yeah, right? Yeah, but I, I get that way of thinking with P.J. Walker because he didn't have a lot of starting experience. But Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold have both been starters for years in this league. It, it's not like... Sam Darnold's a rookie and you want to get him in there and see what he can do. It just it just seems more like you're looking for a reason to pull Baker to get Sam in there. So just start Sam. <clears throat> because if Sam if Sam was in there, if Sam Darnold was in there starting, would he say the same thing about working Baker in? I'm not so sure he would. I don't see I I I'm going to respectfully say, I don't know where you're getting that from, right? Like, just, he literally told you, and, and I guess it's the thing, is is obviously the level at which you trust or distrust your head coach. Like, I know he got under your skin with the trust the process stuff, and we're not tanking stuff, but... Well, it's still, it's still, yeah, it's still... I get that, yeah. but think about it. They came out and won the next game, right? I mean, they came out and played to win that Atlanta game, and they did just that. Um, again, I still didn't agree with the with the, with the the starting of, of P.J. Walker, but... Uh, he did what they said they were going to do. They were not going for the tank. They came out to win that game. They won that game. Uh, I, I, if I'm Baker, I'm ticked. And I'm thinking, what do I got to do to prove myself to this guy? Right, but again, Steve Wilkes didn't say, we are looking for a reason to play Sam Darnold because we think that Baker's not going to get it done. He said, right, we you, are he, looking, could, he couldn't say that. We are looking for a reason to get, if he would have said it this way, would it have mattered? If he'd have said, we want to get Sam some reps. We're not looking right. He literally said, I'm not looking to pull Baker. If he would have phrased it as we're looking to get Sam some reps, would that have hit you the same way? Because it because no. that, that's what it sounds like no, to no, me is no. we want to get him some it's, reps. It is about wording. And it absolutely is about wording. If he said, Hey, we you know, if the situation arises where I mean, no, no, he would have to say, Hey, we plan on getting Sam some reps in this game. But but the other thing is you could also look at it like he's saying, Hey, we're gonna lose this game, so we're gonna try to try to play everybody. I mean, there's just so many ways to to read this thing. I'm just, I just, I'm not happy with it. I, uh, I, I, it's, it just doesn't hit me that way. It doesn't. That's not what it feels like to me. To me, it feels like, hey, listen, here's the deal. We got a, we got a quarterback starting that is just coming off of injury. We got a quarterback starting that, uh, you know, is is it's his first PT since Cincinnati. Uh, which was the only PT he's had since his injury a couple weeks before that. I want to make sure that my backup QB gets some reps just in case. If if Baker had been starting the whole time and had not dealt with an injury, right, and Sam Darnold came back this week and Sam was back at QB2 this week and he said it at that point, I'd be like, yeah, why though? Like why? Why would you want to get Sam reps when you got Baker right there? But that's not the case. Baker is coming off an injury. He has played less than one half of football since the injury. 
I think it's fair to want to make sure that QB2 is in. Now, I, I will tell you, I would certainly have a problem if Baker comes in and he's lighting up the scoreboard in the first quarter. If all of a sudden you're like, all right, Baker's seven of eight for 122 yards in a touchdown and then Sam trots in, I'd be like, yeah, what the hell are we doing? Like, we're on a roll. Let's go with it. But if we're in a spot where we're down 14, 17 early and we're very clearly playing a catch up game, then XP matters more than statistics at that point. Baker Mayfield coming out and playing okay when you're down two or three touchdowns is a different scenario. Then I'm playing going, Bake, you're the starter, you're the guy, but statistically speaking, guys who get injured are more likely to get injured than players who have not yet been injured. I want to make sure Sam is ready just in case. I don't take this as... And maybe it's because I think Wilkes is the guy. Wilkes is the guy. One is the head coach next year. The Atlanta game kind of won me over. Maybe I'm just in a more optimistic place about Steve Wilkes as a head coach. But this is not under my crawl. Well, like it I, is yours. I just, I'm just thinking of the history of the game and what knowledge I have of it. And I don't recall anyone ever saying it this way. I get it. I get it. It just, like I said, I, I maybe it's just me being a in Steve we trust kind of guy. But it is what it is to me. All right, let's break this thing down a little bit X's and O's wise here on the Views from Entry podcast. Again, do us a favor. Make sure that once you have liked and subscribed to the Views from Entry podcast available where major podcasts are found, that you share us around with your friends as well on the social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on the gram, whatever it is that you use to interact with your fellow Panthers fans. We would very much appreciate you letting them know about us. Let's take a little bit of a look at this game. Panthers, Ravens, Ravens, 13 point favorite. They are minus 700 on the money line. The Panthers have bounced up and down. You could get them earlier in the week at plus 500. That odds, uh, those odds have actually shortened up a little bit to plus 475. Not enough to, to, to make it a worthwhile bet uh, for me yet, but it is interesting. That means that uh, some, some, some money, some money, came in on Carolina uh, early in this one. A lot of folks, and I've been looking, you know, I spend a little bit of time as we prep for this pod every week, going and looking at different projections and predictions from folks. Um, I will tell you that I have seen quite a number of folks that have been picking this game separated by 7 to 11 points, separated by less than Vegas has the spread right now. And I was a little surprised by that. Uh, Historically speaking, the Panthers have actually gotten the better of the Ravens. We are four and two all time in series history. We won the last game against Baltimore, but of that four and two, we have only played at Baltimore twice. We are one and one on the road at Baltimore. We won at 06. We lost in 2014. We do have a little bit of familiarity between these two. Bradley Bozeman, starting center, actually played for Baltimore for three years, 2018 to 2021. However, Ravens running back Mike Davis obviously was a Panther for us for the 19 and 20 seasons. Uh, Kevon Seymour, their cornerback, played for us for three seasons. Josh Bynes, linebacker, played with us last season. 
They've also got a couple of practice squatters, Julian Stanford and Daryl Worley, who have both played for us as well. And their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, who coached for six seasons with us as well. Taking a look at the tail of the tape, Baltimore has the 12th ranked offense in the National Football League right now in terms of yardage per game. They're averaging about 356 a game. Carolina, the 30th ranked offense in the National Football League, averaging just over 294 a game. On the ground, the Ravens are one of the best in the NFL, a buck 68 every single game on the ground. And that to me, though, if there is a spot that we need to take advantage, you have got to slow down the run game of the Baltimore Ravens. They're getting almost 170 yards per game overall. We have got to try. Now, keep in mind, a huge chunk of that is Lamar Jackson running on a pass play, not RPO. A pass play that breaks down and then Lamar takes off running, though they do work some RPOs into their offense off and on throughout a game. We have got to keep that number down closer to the 110 mark if we want a chance. And how do you do that? Do you spy him? I mean, you, you, you put a guy out there just spying Lamar all the time? I think you almost kind of have to. Uh, you know, it, it was something that uh, the Saints tried to do a little bit against Baltimore in their last game. Baltimore, by the way, the reason we keep talking about Baltimore, New Orleans is because Baltimore is coming off of their buy. We are coming off of effectively a mini buy with our with our game last Thursday night. We're on a little bit more rest than most teams that have played Baltimore so far, which I, I absolutely do think can be a big help for us. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think you got to find somebody. You know who would have been great? In this game, this would have been a great Jeremy Chin game, right? This would have been a fantastic Jeremy Chin game to have him back there playing the Rome. Hey, listen, the second that Lamar's foot crosses the line of scrimmage, I want you to turn on the heat seeker and go light him up. This would have been a fantastic Jeremy Chin game, but without him, uh, I, I think you've got to utilize the linebackers. I will take one of them out of pressure, one of them to just sit back in the zone and follow Lamar around the field. That 168 has got to dramatically come down if we well, want a chance. Guy? Who's your guy? Who are you putting in there? Frank Lubo? I think so. I mean, I, I got to think he's been the most aggressive against the run. I think I might have to take that aggression and uh, line it up and and, and keep an eye Um you know, maybe this is an opportunity. I, I, I don't know. And, and the problem is, you know, when you're Baltimore running a 3-4, you got a little more leeway to use a linebacker as a spy, right? You can you, the, Basically what you're doing here in a 4-3, uh, the base 4-3 that we're running, is you are throwing more guys at the line of scrimmage to prevent the run, but you're taking away from the ability for the next level of defense to play laterally. They, they have less ability to make a mistake. Uh, I don't know that maybe you don't. And I know he has not been wildly successful in this spot, right? I'd rather have him in the defensive tackle spot lined up in a shade technique or an off guard technique. But I don't know that maybe on a handful of plays, especially likely uh, plays where, where you think Lamar becomes a threat. Maybe you, you switch to a three, four lineup, Derek Brown, uh, as a nose tackle add another linebacker. Maybe you bring in 
uh, like an Amari Barno and 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 go with a 3-4 as an alternate defense to give yourself the opportunity to put a spy on Lamar. Uh, that being said, you're uncomfortable. You haven't run it a bunch this year. It's it's a little out of the ordinary, so I don't necessarily love it, but yeah, you the put, answer is you got to do something. You're putting less beef up front on the team that you just talked about is, is a primarily uh, running team. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the move to make because uh, you're going to possibly give them more lanes to run through. I get that. Uh, I will say this. Looking at the Ravens, they are going to be uh, – they, 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 by the way, if you go look, uh, you got Kenyon Drake. Drake had a fantastic job against New Orleans. Also a guy that didn't have a lot of tape on him. Uh, Gus Edwards is questionable – to play this week, and he was starting at their RB1 coming into this game. Uh, He has just come off of the pup list and is now able to enter the backfield, but he has been dealing with a hamstring injury. It sidelined him against New Orleans. He should be suited up and able to go. Uh, It's expected to have a full practice today, but Drake is a guy that is very shifty as a runner, similar to Lamar Jackson which is why I think you kind of run. I understand you want to have the beef up front and go with that 4-3. The threat is Lamar. That makes Lamar the bigger threat there, and I just get worried about that. All right, rolling further down the tape to see what it tells us. Uh, uh, Baltimore, not exceptional through the air. They are actually 27th in the league against the pass. And, of course, lining up against our relatively good pass defense – I take a little bit of heart in that, right? Like if you can eliminate the pass using just and primarily the defensive backs, it frees the linebackers up to move laterally a little bit. It frees the linebackers up to move left and right and kind of take away some of those down the field angles that Lamar Jackson kills you with. This is one of the spots that we might have an opportunity. They're not an exceptional passing team. They're an average passing team. That being said, they average 10 more passing yards per game than we do, but we also had P.J. Walker, notorious not downfield passer, in there for a handful of starts, which kind of dinged that number just a little bit. But uh, I would absolutely, Lonzo, absolutely argue that when it comes down to it, uh, I, I absolutely think that the defensive backs, as much as the the offensive line is the unit that needs to be challenged the most, the defensive backs may have even more pressure on them. If you can keep Lamar uncomfortable throwing the ball down the field and make him look to get outside of the pocket, it frees up the linebackers to make the plays we will have to make. It absolutely does, and I do have confidence in our defensive backfield. And the thing is, if you can put pressure on him to, to throw the ball, you just talked about how – it. Is that a matter of him passing or a matter of the receivers? I think it's more a matter of their receivers. And uh, I don't know that he has a run-first mentality, but it's pretty close. It really is very close. He will throw some interceptions. And for a while, at least the first few games, that defensive backfield was picking balls off at least one per week. You get one or two of those this week, it could mean a whole lot to this entire game. I got no doubt. I got no argument with that at all. I think that's absolutely correct. But again, it's one of those stand in front of the train and push real hard uh, metaphors. It's it's going to be tough to do. Uh, Baltimore only averaging 26.1 points per game, but only 26 points per game in a year where scoring is down in the league. We talked a little bit about this on the Rob Brown show last week. 
uh, 26 points per game. We are averaging just a tick shy of 20.5 points per game. So there's really only about five and a half points of difference between us on average. Uh, and again, that was with a couple of low scoring games uh, out of PJ Walker yards per game. Uh, defensively speaking, the Ravens are giving up 350 total yards per game. We're giving up 362, only a 12 yards per game difference, but that separates 19th from 25th. But keep in mind, they've only had Roquan Smith for a single game. That number is going to come down uh, as Roquan continues to patrol the middle of the field for Baltimore. Uh, That 350 per game, I think, is a little bit misleading. But I still want to run the ball at the heart of that defense and try to keep the outsides opened up for DJ, uh, for Shy, for for these other guys, for Chenault, to, for for TMJ, to have a little bit more room to operate and maybe even dump in a couple of crossing routes behind that defense if they go. We've got to run the ball, and if you can threaten three twenty five, three thirty in this game, you give yourself a chance. Rushing yards per game. They give up 92 rushing yards per game. That is the third best rush defense in the National Football League. And again, the majority of those games that add to that average were without the best linebacker, the best inside linebacker in football, Roquan Smith on the defense. That number may drop down as well. This is going to be, if it's not already, going to be arguably the best rushing defense this league has seen in a while. It does not change the game plan, Lonzo. Does right. not change the game. Plan. When Carolina first decided, hey, we're a running team, and they ran, I believe it was Chuba in the first half and Foreman in the second half. If you can do that in this game, if you can use one running back in the first half and another one in the second half, I think it helps a great deal because that second guy is going to be nice and rested going up against the defense that hopefully will be tired. And I think that's another way that you could get things done against Baltimore's defense. And Chuba was back last week. They didn't use him as much as they could. So with, what was it, 10 days of rest, uh, he should be healthier and ready to go. And I just think that's that's probably the move you got to make. You save one of those guys, and it's probably going to have to be Chuba this time since Foreman's been carrying the load to the second half and bring him in more in the second half while he's fresh. I think you're going to get a healthy dose, of, a healthy dose of both. I think you're looking, as we've mentioned, depending on how many times we can convert those thirds and shorts that plagued us earlier in the year. I think you're probably looking at 35 rushing plays. I think you got to, I got to split, and especially in this game because those guys are going to get hit this game like a lot. You were able to run at the Atlanta defense and and and, and kind of push them around a little bit. These boys are going to get hit in this game. I think you're going to get a, a pretty healthy split between the two of them. I'd also like to see you maybe run some tandem running back sets, right? Like give me a couple of plays where you've got Hubbard and Foreman both on the field at the same time. Give me a couple of plays where you give me Foreman and Blackshear on the field, right? Give men, give them the threat that if you attack Dante Foreman at the line, they're just going to flip it out to Blackshear and let him use that vision and quick cut up the field uh, to kind of make you pay laterally as well as aggressively up the middle. Uh, listen, it's a really good run defense, but you still got to do it. Passing yards per game, they are giving up. How about this number? This is where, uh, you know, you, you wonder if the game plan changes. 258 yards. They are the 28th best pass defense in the National Football League. You still run the ball. But what you're trying to do is force them into committing to being that run defense 
opening up the outside for Baker to find those, as Lonzo said, 18 completions or so. There's an opportunity to be taken advantage of there. Uh, they are the fifth best third down team in the league, 16th in the league in takeaways. We are ninth in that category. You mentioned Lamar will make a mistake here and there if you will let him. A couple of takeaways could change this game. They are surrendering 22 points per game. We surrendering 24 points a game. So it, there's a lot of difference in certain spots, Lonzo, a lot of similarities between these two teams defensively anyway. I still like the Ravens by a lot in this game, but I'm going to end it the way I started it, Zoe. If we get hammered in this game, stay optimistic because this is a very good Baltimore team. All right. I still think that the Ravens are going to win this game, but not by as much as, as Rob thinks. I think it's going to be a tighter game, and uh, I think we're going to see some positive things. And I don't know if I'll be happy if Sam Darnold gets in the game. In the game at all? Yes. No reps for Sam? No. None? None. All right. We'll find out. We'll see what Steve Wilkes decides to do with the QB rotation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our preview pod. It is done. It is in the can. And again, if you are hearing it for the first time, make sure you are liked and subscribed to the Views from Industry podcast. And we would ask you humbly share it around to your friends in your social circle as we continue to grow our little community. Any final words for the people, Lonzo? Yeah, start building your stamina. Thanksgiving's next week. You got to, you know, just don't eat as much and make some room. Make sure that you have a couple of salads between here and there. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for us. We will see you back here on Monday to break down this game. X's and O's and everything in the middle. He is Lonzo Wright. So I am Rob Brown. We thank you for listening to the Views from Mid Street Podcast. We'll see you Monday. Keep pounding, baby.